Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer, back from vacation. We're going to get to this Hogsett statement on where he was during the 2020 riots in just a second. I was, Hammer, pleased to see that that new Indiana law uh, basically restricting the ability of the uh, these these charitable activist organizations to bail out violent offenders. This this law has been upheld in the uh, the Seventh Circuit. We're talking about the Bail Project, right? Had a had a few incidents where they they bailed out these guys, these violent offenders, only to turn around and have them go commit more violent, extremely violent offenses, and even stab two officers. It so. feels like if you really want to affect crime in the city and the state it has to be done at the state level because when you leave it at the local level you get stuck with ryan mears you get stuck with boss hogsett and they love it they absolutely love it when these lunatics get back out on the street because they call that justice reform somewhere right now they call is that what it is somewhere right now i promise you in light of the Seventh Circuit saying, yeah, we can't have these groups like Bail Project bailing out violent offenders. Somewhere in Indianapolis right now, Ryan Mears is in his office with the lights turned down, listening to a sad Sarah McLaughlin song, knowing <laughs> that he can't let bad guys back out of the street. And we've said this before, even Boss Hogsett, who's a total zero, hates Ryan Mears. So imagine these two guys are in the elevator and Boss Hogsett isn't the biggest piece of crap in it. That's all you need to know about Ryan Mears. So I'm glad to see the Seventh Circuit say, yeah, you know what? This law in the state of Indiana, we're going to uphold it. You can't have these organizations bailing out violent offenders. We're not talking, Nigel, about somebody that stole a candy bar here. We're talking about sure. some of the worst scumbags imaginable and places like the Bail Project were letting these dudes out and they were causing more chaos. And by the way, the organization, the Bail Project, responded by pointing out that this does not reflect the general trends when assessing the individuals and families that have been positively impacted by its work. I would say to that, what about the negative consequences for the from the people that were attacked by the people you bailed out? Right. I wonder if they have that same opinion. All for the name of equity and criminal justice reform. Mm. That's all that it was about. All right. So I go away for the better portion of a week and I'm trying to relax. I'm on the beach. I'm eating. I'm drinking sugary drinks. You know, Miami Vice's pina coladas. I'm trying to unwind. Love a good Miami Vice. That's good stuff. And I'll be damned if we didn't get drama here in Indianapolis that's got my name written all over it. You're telling me somebody finally asked Joe Hawksett where he was during the riots? Well, I mean, it was kind of a delicate, tiptoey, weeny type of question. Okay, well, I I've mean, got it printed out right in front of you. But, but yeah, basically, they 
Let's do a little role playing here, Nige. Oh, okay. You are going to be this indie star reporter, and I am going to be Joe Hawkset. So if you have not yet heard how the mayor of Indianapolis responded to something we've been talking about for years, three years now, where were you when the riots happened? This is how it played out. Okay, so I'm the I'm the the indie star. You're the okay. indie star reporter. Many people have asked where you were during 2020 racial justice protest. I love how they call it the racial justice protest. <laughs> Just call it a riot. <laughs> you mean the, the BLM uh, social justice riots? Many people have asked where you were during the 2020 racial justice protests. It's a line of questioning that's come up a lot, especially from Republican voters and politicos, implying that you weren't there. Why do you think this is something that people keep bringing up? Okay, now I will be playing the role of Joe Hawkson. Okay. Look, <laughs> I know there have been questions. <laughs> what was that? Did you just pop a cork there? Uh, that Mr. have Mayor? come up, but I can assure you <laughs> that entire weekend, and I can give you the hook, line, and sinker of press conferences <laughs> that I had throughout the course of that weekend. <laughs> Trying to address the unfortunate circumstances that occurred in Indianapolis on Friday and Saturday that was fortunately resolved by Sunday. Mm. Okay. Take a drink. Yeah, take a big one there, Mr. Mayor. Suffice it is to say that people may not be aware of what I was doing. I think for many, it's understandable <laughs> to find what occurred in Indianapolis <laughs> and around the country difficult to explain. That's exactly why I asked for an independent review <laughs> of the city's actions just a week after these civil unrests. You think mm. Mm, that beer looks oh, good, boy, Mr. That's Mayor? A beverage <laughs> and scene. So basically, he said, uh, yeah, it's a shame that politics are involved in this question. I don't really have to answer it. I put together a panel, and I was giving press conferences all weekend. You don't need to know where I was <laughs> uh, for two days. That I mean, it's really it makes me if I lived in Marion County and I saw that and I was especially a victim of of the riots or businesses that was affected that would make me vote for Sharif. I'm sorry, it would. No question, no doubt about it. That type of answer now makes me want to really just be specific with the question, because before. I think a lot of people were dancing around it. Hat tip to the Indie Star reporter for actually doing some actual journalism here. But let's be honest. If he's going to give you this answer, the follow-up questions have to be, were you drunk? Were you in rehab? These are the rumors that are out there. Can you prove where you are at, Mr. Mayor? Who was calling the shots? Who told the police to stand down? And where were you when two of your citizens in the city were murdered? Simple follow-up questions. That's all that needed to be right here. But again, the Indy Star and this radio station we are now the only ones in the media who have asked Joe Hogsett. Yeah, the Indy Star reporters should have really followed up with that weak non-answer. Which makes me wonder if this wasn't a setup from the Hogsett camp. Because, let's be honest, now Joe Hogsett, during his re-election run, can say, I answered the question. Well, no, you didn't. 
Well, that's what he's going to say, though. The exact opposite of answering the question. An indie star reporter throws a softball version of the question out there. Hogsett dodges it. But now he can say on a debate stage, on commercials, I answered the question. Sharif better go after him for it. You've been saying that for weeks as well. But he won't. Because Shreve and Joe Hogsett are the same guy. Jefferson Hogsett together. That's who they are. They're the same person. Because I know for a fact Joe Hogsett doesn't want my vote. Joe Hogsett hates people like me. But so does Jefferson Shreve. And again, I live here in Indianapolis. I'm a lifer. My family is here. And I saw a tweet from Jefferson Shreve's account Maybe I'm overthinking this, Nigel, and you can tell me if it? I am, but it feels like this was kind of a shot at me. So Jefferson Shreve's Twitter, his official account, X, whatever it's called now, shares a link with a picture of Tony Katz on it, our morning and midday host. Quote, Tony Katz understands fixing our public safety crisis starts at the top by replacing Mayor Hogsett, who has decided to act as his own public safety director and has failed. We don't have to live like this. Your plan, other than the public safety director, in essence, is the exact same thing. And before you act like you're getting a full-on endorsement from Tony Katz... No, that's not what... I remember listening to this radio station, and Tony Katz tore apart your plan. I, I know what segment... The, the the tweet that you're talking about, he tweeted out a clip of a really good segment Tony did. It was either yesterday or the day before, about how th- there's a church in Indy that's calling for the removal of IMPD Chief Taylor because of crime in the city out of control and also not being transparent whenever there's some sort of incident within IMPD. And Tony's point was, like, you're calling for throwing out the wrong people. You're calling for the wrong people to be be removed. It shouldn't be the chief. It should be the mayor of this city who's been a disaster. Correct. Um, Start at the top with Hogsett. Vote for the other guy. I, I think that's probably what he was trying to imply there. But he puts this tweet out there to make it look like he got a full-on endorsement from Tony Katz. Right, I understand that. Yeah. And listen, I love Tony. I love his morning show. I love his midday show. Uh, But Tony's not a voter in Marion County. And I am. And I'm here every day at work. And I walk around downtown. And the things that Jefferson Shreve is proposing, other than adding a public safety director, it's the same thing that Boss Hogsett wants to do. And both of these guys know there's a better chance of me becoming the number one pick in the NBA draft than these things ever becoming law. I'll take those odds. This guy gave him a lifeline. So I know Joe Hogsett doesn't want my vote, and I'm confident Jefferson Shreve doesn't want votes from people like me, law-abiding citizens who feel I've got nothing to apologize for for if I want to carry around my weapon. I've got nothing to apologize for, and we're being blamed for all of this stuff in Indianapolis. Jefferson Shreve is on pace to have his ass handed to him. I'm not voting for either one of them. I'm writing in Abdul. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Show. Uh oh. Hammer 
Summers arguing with somebody on the YouTube chat. <laughs> I love it. As Dr. Evil once said, <laughs> Daddy's back. I gotta know what that's about. <laughs> uh, it's not worth it. This guy's worthless. Oh, okay. uh, right. Matt Bear, WIBC Traffic Beast, live for his uh, usual Friday segment. How are you, man? I'm great. What's up, fellas? Welcome back, Hammer. Good to see you, man. Is that shirt you're wearing something that Rob's baby had on recently? Because <laughs> sweet mother of God. That's, that's, that's a, I, can I, you breathe in I, that? I, I watched it. I watched it yesterday. I, I did, and now it's, I, I think I might have shrunk it a little bit, and, and I need You washed it on purpose, I, I, because I, you want people to say, look how buff that guy is. Look how strong he is. I, I wash all my shirts in hot water, and I shrink them. That's what I do. This is the equivalent of Ron Burgundy pulling out the jazz flute. I'm so unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like Real Panther. <laughs> hey, Aqualine! <laughs> so, where do we want to begin here, Matt? Do we want to talk about No Turn on Red, or do we want to talk about Brickyard Weekend? No. What's what's no turn on red? What, no, what is no this? turn what's on red? On here? Yeah, this is a big thing that started happening downtown yesterday. Uh, if you guys remember, back in February, the General Assembly, our governing body here in Indiana, decided to pass legislation uh, saying that we could <laughs> turn right on red in downtown Indianapolis because the city was saying, no, we don't want to do that. The city had plans to put up signs that say no right on red. So the General Assembly passes their legislation. The city says we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. So now these signs are going up. And they started going up around well, downtown. Well, what's the reasoning? Uh, we uh, the reasoning the, the is causing accidents. The statistics are, are saying that we're hitting too many people downtown when we drive our cars. Uh, pedestrian safety is what they're looking at right now. Can we also put up no shooting people signs? <laughs> because yeah. if these no turn on red signs work based on that philosophy, you can put up a no crime sign. Right. No prostitution. No heroin use. No murder. <laughs> no. I, and I see what you're saying. I was vehemently against these signs when I first heard about them. I mean, I drive downtown. I do it a lot, and I drive more than I ride now, and I didn't want them. But here's the thing. I mean, if we put up the signs, the people who are new to the downtown area driving down here, are at least it's going to help some of them not turn right on red. So I think they're going to be effective like that. Now, for the rest of the people you know, who live in downtown, I, I know me and the people I talk to, we're like, yeah, we are going to obey the signs because we already do. Now, there is a bunch of people who don't care about no right on red signs at all, and those are the people we have to worry about because they're still going to blow them. They're absolutely still going to run them. This is not going to be a perfect system at all. All right. So the other big story locally, Brickyard weekend. We got a full weekend of racing. Like I like the Saturday almost more than Brickyard Sunday. You have the IndyCar race on the road course and then the uh, the NASCAR race, the lower series. Then, of course, Sunday, uh, what used to be known as the Brickyard 400. Uh, now it's on the road course. So what kind of traffic are we looking at here? This is not Indy 500 style stuff right. we're talking about. Right. And it, but still, I'm, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be doing the things I do for any big event. I'm checking my rideshare apps you know i want to make sure those are updated i mean if if you need to check your uh, payment process you need to update your cards do that kind of thing um as far as closures go we know the drill what happens around speedway when there's a race and something exciting happening uh, georgetown roads road closes south at 25th and 16th street will shut down um before the race and then reopen when all the foot traffic clears out so you know you're gonna have your closures there it's just like anything else just leave early be safe i feel like i'm that all the time, but it's true. And something Nigel and I talk about a lot, the unsung heroes of any race over the speedway are the security and police officers. Because I know this isn't Indy 500, but usually like you look at that sea of humanity going into that racetrack 
everybody gets in. Usually everybody comes out pretty safe. Uh, you never hear about any sort of incidents or anything like that. Uh, those guys do a great job. It's one of the, you know, the, the mythos of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that's very real and it's very cool. It's just one of those things, the totality of it. Uh, the people out there that help you out are just beautiful people and, and they love Indianapolis and they love the Speedway. So I think it's cool. Uh, they will help you. Go see them. Are they in the yellow shirts for tomorrow or do they? Do well, the yellow good? shirts are different than okay. like the folks that are actually, that can actually arrest you outside. Oh, okay, all right, very good, very good. <laughs> and I admit, I have probably said a few things to a yellow shirt <laughs> in my past that I probably should not have, but some of them needed an attitude adjustment. You might, have, you might have had a drink in it, you know? I mean, it's okay. Man, I didn't even realize this morning until I saw a text from you, Matt, that former Colts wide receiver Sean Dawkins mm. had passed away. What? Sean Dawkins. No yeah, former Colts wide, wide receiver? receiver from Cal passed away. And oh, no. if you've been following the Indianapolis Colts, you know, before Peyton Manning, you remember Sean Dawkins. Yeah, and, and that it just got me thinking about Sean Dawkins and the old 95-94 team, you know, with Quentin Corriott and those guys and just, you know, Jeff Harrod and these really cool, you know, workman-like players. And, and, and I, 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 you don't when Sean Dawkins played, he was just he was just one of those workers, man. He he did his job every single time, and he was so easy to cheer for, and that's what I remember about him. You know, I get you thinking about you know Lucas Oil Stadium when we had the Hoosier Dome and how loud that building was, and all those Colts memories. And Lucas, I, I keep always saying Lucas, the Hoosier Dome was something in its own. I mean, we're talking Kansas City type noise there. I mean, it was absolutely oh, yeah. obnoxious. And I mean, it ricocheted off the top. It did because it went up. It went up the whole thing, and, and that's why I love the Hoosier. It was now so Patriots loud. fans will say you guys have been pumping in crowd noise for years. I hope we did. They're I mean, deflating it's, balls, it's whatever. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. It's Indianapolis. You guys put ice on the field before we came down. And what was it? It was um, uh, 2003 or something like that. They had ice on the field. They let it rain all damn night. We come in, we slip our ass off, lose by 30. <laughs> I think Dawkins was on the receiving end of some Jeff George throws when Jeff George was the quarterback of the Colts at one point. And that makes him one of the greatest receivers to play the game. <laughs> Uh, last thing here before we let you go. What in the hell is mint snuff beavers? Uh, mint, Sorry? Uh, mint snuff beavers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is a commercial. Um, my friend was watching an adult entertainment website once, and, um, <laughs> and he, he was a friend. He, he was, was just there on a Saturday night, and he said, the quote, hey, unquote, he, friend he, yeah, was. Just yeah, <laughs> say yeah. you were, dude. Listen, I have friends. It's true. Um, he said, I checked out this video, and before this video, I got to send it to you, and it was this a very cute mint snuff beaver. We've actually got a little bit of it here, Allison. When it comes to chewing, we're what they call experts. Yep. Mint snuff, good stuff. This plays before the And it's two like little beavers singing about tobacco. You can find this. Oh, this was on the adult website? Yeah, and it plays, you, it plays but, but right But these were real forward. beavers or nice beaver? No, Thanks. No, they're, 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 Just had it stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're cute little beavers, and they want to sell okay. you mint snuff while you're waiting for the, the video. It All looked right. like the old Emmett Otter Jug Band Christmas kind of beaver, but they're talking about snuff. It, it's, it's anything but what you would expect when you pull up an adult entertainment video. That's what I'm saying, and it doesn't set the mood, according to my friend. You send saying. the weird of stuff and for that you're an american treasure <laughs> matt bear you're the best Thanks, thank matt. you it's the hammer and nigel show you're listening to the hammer and nigel show hey 
I'm Nigel. Hammer's right over there with a special guest in the DriveHubler.com hotline. Tommy Piggott is the Rapid Response Director for the RNC. You can see some of his work on the popular handle at RNC Research. Tommy, biggest story this afternoon is that the special counsel has been named for the Hunter Biden investigation. And it's a name that sounds a little familiar to me. Talk me through this. Well, basically, they're naming uh, Weiss as the special counsel to this investigation into Hunter Biden. And I think the big question is, why now? Why not two years ago? Why not as evidence was coming forward about the real depth of this really massive influence peddling scheme? Uh, Why now? And I think that's a really serious question, given the fact that whistleblowers have come forward and alleged special treatment uh, towards the Biden family when it comes to this investigation, have really called out the Justice Department under Joe Biden. It's concerning given the fact that these calls to appoint special counsel were ignored for so long. And it's it's concerning now that the House investigation is gaining a lot of steam. There, there's some that wonder if this is designed or uh, will end up impeding the House investigation. So there's a lot of serious questions around this. And I think it's, it's, it's clear from the get-go that this should not be allowed to impede the House investigation. The House investigation oh, you know, is leading the charge on this. You know old Weasley Weiss and Goofy Garland are going to go to Congress and say, hey, you know what, this probe, you're you're looking into the Biden crime family, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to need you to stop immediately since now this is a brand new special federal counsel investigation. That's exactly what they're going to do. Well, the House has made clear, I mean, Jason Smith's already gone on to make clear, Comer's made clear that this is not going to stop the House investigation. Yeah. If that's what happens, I think the House is going gonna, is gonna to fight that. It's going to fight to keep on pushing forward on this, there is a constitutional obligation for oversight. And I I think the House uh, has made clear that this is a priority in making sure that have the Bidens been uh, making millions off the backs of the American people? I mean, these are really serious allegations that are being pointed towards the president and his family. Americans deserve answers to this. And the House has made clear they are going to continue investigating. Now, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here, Tommy. Uh, Weiss is the same cat that basically tried to give the sweetheart deal to Hunter that this Delaware judge looked at and said, no, this isn't happening. So they go back to the drawing board. They remove all plea deals from the table, but they give Weiss special counsel privilege, meaning if he wanted to, he could take this trial out of Delaware, where there's actually a judge that's willing to uphold the law, and take it to a court where it could be a Biden appointee. Do I have all this correct? I think that's perfectly possible based off everything I've seen. I mean, the, the proof will be in the pudding here and how this investigation has gone forward. And unfortunately, like you point out, there was that sweetheart plea deal that really raised serious concerns. The whistleblowers have come forward and really uh, set forward a huge amount of allegations about special treatment towards the Bidens. Uh, and then the, the story from the Justice Department has continually changed on this. So it's possible that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to tell right now, but they don't really have any uh, uh, sort of bank of trust right now because everything that's happened so far, the whistleblowers that have come forward, the sweetheart plea deal has really rightfully so distrust on the American people that this is going to be a fair investigation. And that's why, again, the House investigation is so important. Yeah, the, the, the Department of Justice was completely embarrassed when that judge rejected that plea deal that David Weiss tried to push through. And not to mention the the, the ass chewing that, that Weiss and Garland had to endure from those IRS whistleblower testimonies that said Weiss didn't have full authority to prosecution and then back that accusation up with receipts. And I'm going to put another tinfoil hat on here. 
Uh, this is a stall tactic to get past the 2024 20, election. This is they're going to start fresh. Uh, this is a lot of things, and I think one of the things is it's uh, a stall tactic. I think that's very possible as well. I mean, that's one of the things that House Republicans have been warning about, that this could very much be that. Yeah. I, again, the proof will be in the pudding here. Yeah. We'll see how this investigation proceeds. We'll see how these, this investigation is conducted. But right now, the evidence is pointing towards very serious questions about special treatment towards the Bidens. And, and if the Justice Department wants those questions to go away, the worst thing they could possibly do is give more special treatment to the Bidens. If they want those questions to go away, they should treat this investigation fairly. They should make sure that they're that Justice is blind in the sense that no one is above the law, especially not the Bidens. And so I think that's if they really want to make sure that there's trust rebuilt with the American people, they need to act in a way that the American people know is fair, transparent and just. And right now there's been serious allegations that that's not been the case. Tommy, you bring up the questions that the Biden family has to answer. We had a little incident yesterday, I believe it was. So Joe Biden's, you know, walking out of a room. Peter Ducey of Fox yells out a question in regards to what Joe Biden knew. Was he doing business with Hunter and Hunter's business partners? Because in the past, he said that he's never even spoken about that. Testimony proves otherwise. And he snaps at Peter Ducey. This isn't the first time Joe Biden got angry and name called Peter Ducey. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on what you're seeing from not only Joe Biden, but the Biden administration and their way of handling some of these tough questions. Well, I think they're handling it by not handling it. I mean, the the fact that Joe Biden, I mean, it's just like they've been they've been trying to defer to Hunter Biden's legal counsel as if it doesn't really concern Joe Biden when the question is about Joe Biden. The question is whether Joe Biden was involved to say that Hunter Biden needs to answer that question. I mean, that's ludicrous. And Joe Biden going out there and saying that he's never discussed business with anybody, Hunter's business with anybody. It flies in the face of so much evidence. There's literally a letter that Joe Biden wrote to Devin Archer while he was vice president, expressing his excitement that Hunter Biden and Devin Archer were entering a partnership together. That's a direct letter from the vice president. There's a voicemail Mm -hmm. from Joe Biden to Hunter Biden saying that he wanted to discuss an article about Hunter's business dealings in China. Those are on the record, not to mention all the other evidence. So, I mean, it it flies in the face of so much evidence, and it really just shows that Joe Biden can't be trusted on this. And, Tommy, you bring up the name Devin Archer. I was looking at some uh, numbers from over this past weekend of the major network Sunday morning news shows. We're talking ABC, CBS, uh, you know, all the major networks that have some sort of news program on Sunday. Zero minutes spent on the testimony of Devin Archer. I mean, again, it goes to show that the mainstream media is doing everything they can to try to sweep this under the rug. I mean, but it's 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 not working. There's there's poll after poll that shows the American people are really concerned about this. They want to know about this. But it shows that same bias that the mainstream media has had for decades, where they seemingly invented evidence to go after Republicans. For years and years and years, the media covered it nonstop. But when there's a massive amount of evidence that really shows the potential for massive wrongdoing when it comes to the Bidens, they want to ignore it. It really it would be shocking if it wasn't so expected. And I think that's why the mainstream media, the confidence in them is at rock bottom. 
Speaking with Tommy Pickett, uh, RNC Rapid Response Director here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. We'll stay with Biden and get more specific with uh, Bidenomics. Doesn't appear it's going too well, although he would say otherwise. I saw this uh, survey by Reuters. Americans have soured on Bidenomics, concluding that the U.S. economy is worse now than it was five years ago under former President Donald Trump. I mean, you have this other story out now that Americans are dipping into their 401k accounts due to financial distress, a 36% increase from second quarter 2022. How how is it that Biden could continue to to tout his quote-unquote accomplishments with this economy when when inflation is still very high? Oh, he can because he's completely detached from reality. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the only way that he can do it. I mean, it's if he was honest about it, he wouldn't be touting Bidenomics. I mean, it's kind of it shows how uh, warped their priorities are. For the longest time, they insisted that his approval ratings were low because they hadn't gone out there and sold his accomplishments. So what do they do? They go out there and sell Biden's quote-unquote accomplishments with Bidenomics, and his approval ratings get even worse. <laughs> so, I mean, it just goes to show that he has nothing to tell because, like you said, the data does not back up what he's saying. I mean, he's, he's acting like they're lowering costs. No, we're, we're still at over 3% inflation, and that's 3% inflation on top of 9% inflation. I mean, it's, it's, it's massive price increases, 16.9% since Biden took office. Americans are still paying that. There's no lower costs. And, and you mentioned the 401ks. That's the last resort for yeah. so many people, and the fact that that's increasing is a massive uh, alarm that should be going off in everyone's mind. And, and on top of that, the credit card debt yep. for Amer- the American people is above $1 trillion for the first time <sighs> in history. I mean, $1 trillion. That just shows what's really happening to American families. And him going out there and saying, Bidenomics is working, that won't pay the bills, unfortunately, for so many Americans. Tommy, last thing here before we let you go. There was a report that the infamous cocaine in the White House came from, quote, someone in the Biden family orbit. Well, I think we all kind of figured that that was the case. But again, I can't believe that we're still talking about this. This should have been solved in 35 45 minutes, hour tops by a competent police officer. But the Secret Service and the Biden administration, they went out of their way to cover up whose blow it really was. And it looks like they're going to get away with it. It really is shocking when you say that cocaine was found in the White House. Every single time I say that sentence, I found myself saying, what? Crazy. How in the world? I mean, this is a president that ran on restoring honor and dignity to the White House. And they <laughs> can't even, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's literally, there's cocaine in the White House. I mean, it's, it's beyond, it's, it, you couldn't even make it up. If, if this was in a, a fiction story, you'd be like, oh, that's outlandish. I mean, so uh, it really is outrageous that they don't know who this is. The fact to say it's the Biden family orbit, I mean, I would guess so because it's in the White House. I mean, you would assume if they took a special private entrance into the White House that it would be in the Biden family orbit. But I think that also shows why we don't have an answer to this yet, because but, it is someone in the Biden family orbit. Like, in my mind, I can see Hunter's Coke dealer looking at this story, reaching out like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme, seeing that that's his bag of blow <laughs> that he sold Hunter right there. Uh, Tommy Piggott, find him some of his work at RNC Research. Tommy, we'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. Now, to present booze news, booze news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spike drinks, all the rage right now. All those hard seltzers. Oh, the Trulies, oh, the yeah. White Claws, High Noons. Duncan is getting in on the action. As in formerly Dunkin' Donuts. Really? They're adding spiked coffees and teas to their menu. Uh, let's see. Uh, boozy iced coffee and teas called Dunkin' Spiked Uh Caramel, mocha, vanilla, and here's the part that really cracks me up. You can go in there and buy a strawberry donut with sprinkles and a uh, spiked caramel flavor coffee. That that ABV is six percent. Oh, these spiked co- the coffees. Like to give you an idea, Miller Light is four point two percent. Miller Light, right. that's very, that's low. These spiked coffees, six <laughs> percent alcohol. Now, can I get these early in the morning? Like, if well, I'm going know. there at like six o'clock in the morning to buy a couple, you know, donuts, you know, a couple bear claws, and I also want a spiked drink. Can I get my drink I mean, on I'm early? I'm assuming that's the idea. Like, you can't for that alcohol that's on the go. It's got to go to work. It's got things to do. <laughs> So I'm looking at the tea flavors here. The tea flavors are strawberry, dragon fruit, mango, pineapple. The tea has 5% alcohol by volume. So the coffee gives you a little extra kick. Well, with your new your new weight goals, your new weigh-ins every week with Rob Kendall, it's not something you have to worry about anyway. Boy, I embarrassed myself this past week on vacation, man. <laughs> Just ate, you know, a bunch of food, sugary, you know, drinks by the pool. So every Friday, I weigh in with Rob Kendall. Had a big number today, 271. Now, I've got to lose a pound a little bit every single week or I have to pay Rob $5. The goal is to lose 50 pounds. And here to give me some inspiration from Hammer and Nigel Records, a little Ed Sheeran tribute. Wow. Best place to lose weight for the summer, so you go for a run. <laughs> Just you and your sneakers on a long road. Try to convince yourself this'll be fun. You turn your first corner and out of nowhere, looks like a new donut shop has popped up. <laughs> Put your hands on the window, and all you can say is, This is gonna be harder than I thought. Just how out of shame are you? A lot. Look in the mirror, do you like the view? Even though you know what to do, you continue to ruin your body. <laughs> every night it's like falling into a pit of darkness and healthy food. Every single day you find something brand new. Just how out of shape are you? Why, why, why? The answer is a lot. Thank you very much. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it's kind of crazy. We were just talking off the air just a minute ago how uh, you just got back from vacation. You originally were going to go to Maui yes. uh, during this this week. 
And you, where'd you go? Myrtle, you went to Myrtle We ended up getting like a big, nice suite on Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, okay. It was my son's graduation gift, and originally we were going to Maui in Hawaii, but man, it just got so expensive that we had to do something a little closer to home. Sure. So we decided to do uh, Myrtle Beach. We've never been there before. A lot of our friends had been, so we thought, let's give it a shot. But yeah, we were scheduled originally. Wow. To be in Maui this past and week. Now, now Maui just looks like a war zone with these wildfires. These videos break my heart. I mean, you yeah, see people it's... driving. There are bodies like on the side of the road and stuff. It's I can't even talk about it, man. It's heartbreaking. 55 is the death toll right now. And it's the wildfires that have spread. Now... 80% of this fire has been contained, according to the last press conference, but still, the 20% that remains is still pretty intense. Now, keep in mind, the folks in Hawaii are pretty good at dealing with their fair share of natural disasters. You know, they get mudslides, they get sure. volcanoes, every once in a while, tsunami action comes through. So, this isn't something that's just completely out of left field. But this is just heartbreaking, man. The video, the pictures, seeing the carnage of this beautiful tropical paradise basically left in ashes. Well, and not only that, but people, I mean, you see the footage of people that were uh, uh, running into the ocean to escape the fire. They did not have any place else to escape until, uh, unless it was the ocean. I mean, dozens of people swimming in the ocean having to be picked up by the uh, U.S. Coast Guard hammer. And communication, power. Yep, all uh, gone. All, all gone. gone. No 911, no nothing like that. So, I don't what 11,000 Maui residents still without power. Right. I mean, cell phone towers burned down. Imagine if you had a loved one or somebody that was vacationing in Maui this past week, like we almost were, not being able to reach them on the phone. Yeah, there's a lot of people unaccounted for, too. I don't have that exact number in front of me. But as of uh, right now, the death toll is at 55. And unfortunately, Nige, I think you're right. That number's probably going to go up because as much as we're all rooting for the unaccounted to be safe... History tells us that's probably not yeah. going to be the case. So, man, if you got somebody in Hawaii, pray for them, uh, because what they're going through right now is wild. What I'm looking at here right now uh, from the San Francisco Chronicle, officials say they are potentially 1,000 people missing still. 1,000 still unaccounted for. I mean, we've seen our fair share of big fires in this country. Uh, the Great Smoky Mountain Fire a number of years ago, uh, they brought us some amazing video of, you know, people driving through like Pigeon Forge to Gatlinburg and there's smoke coming across the road and you see flames and fires. Of course, California gets a lot of wildfires. What they're dealing with up in Canada. Canada. You know, the big wildfire in northern Canada that's bringing the smoke down the jet stream, which made it, you know, uncomfortable here in the United States for a little while. But what's happening in Hawaii right now is just deadly, horrifying, and again, praying for all those involved. Uh, Allison, cue it up some legal stuff. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. So we got some good news. We got some bad news when it comes to the orange man, Nige. 
federal judge assigned to Trump's 2020 election case, for the most part, has sided with Trump's defense attorneys on a protective order over the evidence. But they handed the prosecutors a little win by broadening which materials considered sensitive and should be protected. So basically what this judge says is the president's got the right for freedom of speech, but they're are some limits. It's not absolute freedom of speech. Yeah. I I don't know if it's a total... I mean, somebody, some could look at it as a win for Trump. Look, they're trying to silence Trump because the way he's going to win these cases is in the court of public opinion. They, we got to get him to shut up. People are going against it. Every time they hand down an indictment, look what his poll numbers do. Shoot up. He gets stronger with and we are looking at another possible indictment over that Georgia phone call. So, yeah, there. What's his name? Uh, the Jack. Uh, Jack Smith. Jack Smith. Uh, wacko Jack. <laughs> what's he call him? The derelict, deranged. Deranged Jack Smith. Trying to silence me. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I think the public should have a right to know what's going on with these cases. Of a guy that's running for president of the United States, a, dis- a Department of Justice ran by Joe Biden, actively trying to incarcerate a political opponent. It is completely crazy. Banana Republic type stuff. Third world Venezuela type stuff, man. Which brings us to the special counsel assigned to the Hunter Biden story. So Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed David Weiss as special counsel in the Hunter Biden criminal investigation. This is all because of a judge in Delaware looking at the sweetheart plea deal, looking at all the other shenanigans going on, including some alleged fake phone calls to her office and saying, you know what? No, you guys take this back. This plea deal is off the table. Well, now the same guy David Weiss, who put together the sweetheart plea deal, he gets the title of special counsel. So now he doesn't have to answer to anybody. And he He could move this out of Delaware if he wants to. He claims he didn't have to answer to anybody before. But that's not what the IRS whistleblower said, and they have documentation to back that up. This guy is a figurehead for Biden's DOJ and Merrick Garland to make it look like there's a clear separation now from DOJ separation. The special counsel is supposed to be outside the government and clean house and bring in new staff and and take a look, a fresh look at the evidence. That's not what this is. This this David Weiss guy is the same attorney, like you were saying, that agreed to give Hunter Biden a sweetheart plea deal. No felonies, by the way, for tax fraud. Nope. And no no felonies. These no. are all misdemeanors for tax fraud and, and diversion for the gun felonies. That deal fell apart because the prosecution and, and defense tried to get over on the judge with that you know, she caught that clause that included blanket immunity for free future <laughs> prosecutions that may very well be coming down the pike for Hunter Biden. So now he's asking to be a, he he's the one that asked to be appointed a special counsel. And Merrick Garland high fives him and says, yeah, great idea. And the key part about <sighs> all of this is now Weiss because it's a special counsel, has the ability to say, well, I don't think Hunter can get a fair trial in Delaware. Everybody knows him. That's where he's from. 
They're going to move this out of Delaware, and there's a very good chance they're going to put it to Washington, D.C., where Matthew Graves, the Mm. U.S. judge appointed by Joe Biden, awaits. Now, this is the same Matthew Graves that has been throwing the book at January 6th, folks, for the last couple of months. So, obviously, this is a very left-leaning judge. It's somebody that Biden feels comfortable with. And the same dude who failed in giving his son a sweetheart plea deal now doesn't really have to answer to anybody and can move it away from the one judge in Delaware who said, I'm going to do my job the right way. It's interesting. There's, you know, watch what happens when Weasley Weiss and Goofy Garland are going to go to Congress and they say, you know, this probe that you got going on in the Biden crime family. Yeah, you're going to need to stop that immediately. This is, you know, we got a new special counsel investigation going on. And well, we're going to have to put that put it into your little probe. These people are crooks. I'm not saying Donald Trump is innocent of everything. I'm really not. But these folks here, they are crooked. They are crooks. Crooked crooks. Stone Cold Steve Austin once said dta don't trust anyone republicans democrats <laughs> all of these guys so called steve austin reference in this all of here. these guys crooks whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you Emma and Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? Alright, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Emmer, how do we play? Is this anything? I am going to run some stories by you. You will be the one that breaks down all the information and gives us the verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? There's kind of a scam, a trick, if you will, where people say they never receive their food when their DoorDash driver brings them their food. They complain and say, even though they got it, they never got it. It's an old scam. Here's what it sounds like when a DoorDash driver confronts a woman who's trying to pull the I never received my food scam. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, they told me there was an issue with the last order. What happened? The dasher didn't show. The dasher didn't show? No. Well, I delivered it to you, so I know you got the food. I just want you to know that doing stuff like that is what gets us deactivated. I don't want to lose my job because someone wants an extra taco. I just want to let you know I will be reporting you as a fraudulent customer, and you will be removed from the platform. Enjoy your food. (laughs) Good for him. Yeah, call her out. I don't know. It's some kind of um, some kind of stage to me. I whenever we have DoorDash, they just drop it off at our front porch. I, I don't. I'm surprised we, you don't, don't call even... the cops on them, Nige. <laughs> <laughs> like the high school kids playing the squirt gun game. Like all the police runs that come to your house. There, there may have been a uh, a police run to my house today. Again. Again. Uh, false alarm. Again. Again. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about this. <laughs> what happened? I, my my poor mother-in-law. Uh, I don't even... 
she walks in our house. She watches the kids during the day while Lindsay's upstairs working and I'm here. And she's got this big bag full of stuff. Her phone's in the bag. And she throws the bag down on the ground and something must have got jostled with the phone or something like that. And then all of a sudden, I can hear, I can hear somebody, some a, a sound coming from Lindsay's mom's bag saying, 911, what's your emergency? 911, oh, 911. Oh, no. 9-1-1. So something happened when she dropped that. And I don't know. I've heard of iPhones doing this. Like if, if you get in a car accident, the iPhone can sense it and it automatically dials 911. I don't know if that's what happened here. Something happened. So <laughs> I go, I go, Linda, I, I think 911. So I think you accidentally called 911. And she goes, hello? What's, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she, no, everything's fine. It was false alarm. I did not mean to call you guys. Well, what's your address? Blah, 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 just to make sure. So right. I thought that was the end of it. I thought you just tell them that, look, it was a false alarm. They'll call whoever's in route and say, turn back around. Not only that, but they call, she's got emergency numbers that she's affiliated with. Like, so they called, they called Lindsay's dad and her brother, oh, too. Oh, no. So they're calling her. It's like, why is 911 calling you? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And so I thought it was done. I'm up in the shower. I'm about ready to get into the shower, and I hear... A knock on the door. Right. Forceful knock on the door. And you can tell from the knock it's not one of your friends. It's no. not one of your neighbors. It's a big, burly Zionsville police officer there. So I <laughs> I thought it was over, and my poor mother-in-law was so embarrassed. Aww. Uh, and, you know, the, they were totally cool. I love the fact that they showed up, actually. I hate the fact that their time was wasted, but... That just kind of goes to show you how serious they take 911 calls. So even so, if you tell somebody it's an accident, they they said they were just checking to make sure. And then they ran the siren for the kids all, who were all out in the front yard. I got eight different texts from eight different neighbors. Is everything okay? Is everything okay? <laughs> so for those of you scoring at home, how many false alarms are you responsible for in the last couple of years? Uh, just at this house? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, let's see. Uh, this would be the the third time, I believe. Our cat set it off one time when we were gone, um, and they arrived, and I had to talk to them through the ring doorbell. The, the second time, my wife uh, left the front door sort of open. So, so the sensor thought it was closed, right? And right. she left. Nobody was home. And she set the alarm, but she didn't close the door all the way, and the door kind of creaked back open. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm getting calls from a- from ADT, and then I look on my ring doorbell. The cops are at my house again with their guns drawn. Oh, because oh, the door was open, and that's pro- that's a sign. You get a you get an alarm, you get a call from uh, ADT, and you show up, and there's nobody home, but the door is open. They're like. Mr. Laskowski, we know you're saying it's an accident, but we're just going to get your permission and make sure uh, your door was open. Uh, could, do you mind if we sweep the house? 
So they got a free tour. ZPD. <laughs> I bet they hate you. <laughs> got a free tour of the Laskowski household that night. You're known as one of the trouble oh, yeah. houses. Like when you watch like On Patrol, sometimes these police officers, they go to the same houses over and over again. This is a known problem house. We go to here all the time. <laughs> when they get a call, oh, it's the Laskowski right. residence. Once again, my, here we go. My first house that I owned in my, in my 20s, I got like... I got a $150 uh, bill from IMPD because I just dumb, you know, leaving the door open, the alarm went off, random. They can leave it you sucks. a bill? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a $150 bill for because re- it was like my third one. <laughs> and that was in my 20s. I was, and, it's mortifying. It's a horrible feeling. And not to mention when you went full Karen and called the police <laughs> on the kids playing yeah. the squirt gun game outside uh, your right. house. Right. It was just, yeah, the seniors. Uh, we have a family that lives down the down the street from us. The, the, the assassination game, right? We're senior assassins. Senior assassins. And I see these two... You know, hillbillies with their shirts off sitting outside my. I go, Lindsay, should I call 911? What are these people doing? And then they did act, and then they didn't even come then because <laughs> the guy knew. Well, yeah, it's like the boy who yeah. cried wolf. Uh, that's the last Kowski house. Just ignore it. It's probably just another false alarm. Oh, I was so. But it was nice. They gave the kids uh, a little, uh, they let the kids do the siren. Well, that's cool. That's cool. They so, felt bad for the kids. <laughs> and I just another uh, wasted the Zionsville taxpayers' money with that false alarm there. <laughs> I bet Mayor Emily was just thrilled <laughs> that she found out how many of her resource officers were heading to your it's house. It's a good sign that that happened overall, though, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the response time was good. Yeah. Immediately. Well, that's what you're looking for. Hell, you're doing that city a favor. You're testing the police and the yeah. fire department. Hey, you're welcome, officers, for the false alarm. You're welcome. The Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> yeah. What up? This is Dr. Dre. The party's going on. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, yeah. My name is Nigel. Hammer's here. Flip-flop Fauci is in the news. So many flips, so many flops. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, he's been hauled in front of the committee, Congress, grilled about uh, the NIH funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. He said, no, 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 we never did that. The gain-of-function is toying with the virus, making it more lethal and contagious, right? That's Wet market droplets. He purposely pushed the narrative and, and those BuzzFeed emails that were released uh, a year or two ago showing that he purposely pushing a narrative that COVID virus came from a wet market in China when emails clearly indicate otherwise. Wet market droplets. <laughs> so, Get a bit of bat at a wet market droplet. So Rand Paul has been an ardent enemy of the Fouch and his question him over and over and over again and fr- you know under oath about all this stuff he hates Dr. Fauci hey uh, Paul the senator from uh, Kentucky and he filed paperwork this week to refer Fauci for criminal for a criminal referral now I don't know if anything is going to come from this because last time I checked, this was a Merrick Garland uh, Department of Justice. And depending on which state that you do this in, you could find another very liberal um, 
attorney general that will be saying no thank you to this because as much as the left says that Trump supporters are in a cult, the left is like that with Dr. Fauci. They love Dr. Fauci. Oh, lock us down more. Please, please take away more (laughs) freedoms. Put your sunglasses on by the pool. We love you, Dr. Fauci. So yesterday, Rand Paul, speaking to Fox News, broke down exactly why he has decided to file for this paperwork for criminal referral. Well, you know, I don't think there's ever been a clear case of perjury in the history of government testimony. And I don't say that lightly. He said adamantly that the government never funded this gain-of-function research. We now have the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, has admitted that the funding came from the NIH. We have the acting director, Tabak, of the NIH admitting it in writing that it came from the NIH. But now we have really the smoking gun, and that is Fauci in private saying the opposite of what he was saying in public. When he was publicly telling me that absolutely we did not fund gain-of-function research in China, he says privately, we are suspicious that the virus has been manipulated, and we are suspicious because we know they are doing gain-of-function research. He then goes on to describe the research, and it's exactly the research that the NIH funded. So he's caught dead to to rights here, but we have an an incredibly partisan Attorney General Garland who's refusing to act, so I've taken the extraordinary step of actually going to the local U.S. attorney in D.C. to see if he will act. Now, the problem is, is there are partisans littered throughout the uh, legal system, and people are seeing this. You you don't get prosecuted if you're a Democrat under this administration, no matter what you do. And he's 100 percent right. The justice system in this country is now basically one-sided. There are two tiers of justice. And it's the weaponization of the Department of Justice as well against uh, people that show up to school board meetings or uh, uh, pro-life pregnancy centers. And uh, uh, the list goes on and on and on. But this specific topic right here. Are, are the these these emails he mentioned? You heard Rand Paul mention the emails between Fauci and uh, EcoHealth Alliance and Peter Daszak, and the emails thanked Fauci for quote dispelling the myths around COVID origins and blamed Fox News. And he's the guy, this this Daszak guy that ran the firm which took grant money from Fauci and gave it to the Wuhan lab. You see what I'm getting at here? Everybody understand if Fauci, the head of the NIH. The National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases gave grant money to EcoHealth Alliance, and they turned around and gave millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to this Wuhan lab, and those scientists screwed up in the experiment and got COVID out. That's a big conflict of interest and a reason why the narrative was perpetuated that it came from a, a, a wet market instead of the Wuhan virus lab that was a a few miles away okay here's what i want to have happen on the count of three i want everybody whether you're in your car at work or here in the studio and this means you allison on the count of three in your best dr fauci voice say the word droplets okay (laughs) one two three droplets droplets i didn't i didn't i need to i need to allison you're not skipping out on this microphone 
droplets. Thank you. <laughs> Allison tried to do it not on the microphone. I was hoping you didn't notice that. Uh, I love it when we make me when we make Allison do stuff. <laughs> Just whatever it is, I love it. Uh, speaking of two tiers of the justice system. That brings us to the Bidens and whether or not the House Oversight Committee can actually do anything about them. And this was a good little back and forth this morning on Fox between Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade. I think maybe we got a little bad blood. Baby, now we got bad blood. Uh, is you this, know it used to be Taylor bad Swift in honor of Taylor's done. tickets basically being all sold out already. Well, are they? I don't. I still don't understand how to get Taylor Swift tickets. We got waitlisted. Yeah, we didn't get the special code. Right. That means there's a better chance of you being named sexiest man alive than ever getting oh, Taylor wonderful. Swift tickets. So, Steve Ducey, not to be confused with his son, Peter. We're talking about the old man here. Yeah. The host of Fox and Friends in the morning. Peter Ducey's the one that hopped the fence and ran over to Biden and said, hey, what about this testimony with Devin Archer? Right. Did you see him hop that fence? And then Biden insulted him, as he usually does. lousy question. We're talking about the old man with Brian Kilmeade. Now, Kilmeade thinks that Comer and Jordan and everybody else is doing a great job investigating Joe Biden's bribery and paper trails. Steve Ducey disagrees. And yesterday they, they gave us more bank records. But I, you know what? With all due respect, the Republicans need better investigators because they've got a lot of circumstantial evidence, but they have not shown that Joe Biden profited personally oh, they're doing or that he broke any rules. I John vehemently Sal- disagree. Ryan, it's all circumstantial. This is, okay, un, this is so... No, no, let me finish. This let is me funny, finish. But this, is, but this is funneling oh. right to him right. at a rapid pace. They've had, they've had this job for about eight months. What was funnel, what's funneling it? Everything is, is, is fun- money funneling it. Is they Joe have, involved? Is Joe's, pre- is Joe's presence involved in every major business deal that Hunter was involved right. in? As Andy McCarthy said, Joe was the business. He had the access. Right. Hunter didn't. So Hunter Brian, didn't what? have the reputation. It's leading right there. Brian, what laws did Joe Biden break? And that's really what it comes down to. We could all see there's some shady stuff going we on. We all know what's going on. Why are grandkids getting money from the Chinese government? There's some shady stuff going on, but can you actually prove it? That's all that uh, Steve Ducey was trying to bring up here. If the American people knew. Just answer the question. What, would, what law did he bring? Number one, the investigation is not done. That's but my right point. Now, the that's impen- that's but my he, point, Brian. They need better investigators. So do you, do you not law. want to hear any reporting? Oh, no. In until right. it's done? Right. Right. Or do you okay. want to see the 19-page memo that leaves the bank records? Well, Miranda I... Devine started this, then John Solomon's been all over this, Comer, right. the House Republicans have been all over it. They're gathering all, all of the facts, and all the facts are right. pointing to the fact that Hunter Biden was using his dad's influence to make millions of dollars for the family, and then the he was paying gun all the oh, this, is, this is red. This is, this is a raging fire. Okay. Okay. I've got a solution. I've this, got a solution. This is what I was leading up to in talking about they've got all this circumstantial evidence that points toward, look, it looks bad for, for the Bidens. It looks bad yeah. for Joe. Here's, here's what they do. Subpoena Hunter Biden. Yeah. Uh, but, and don't do one of these closed door depots. People need to see this televised. You need to see him answer the questions. And if he says something that disqualifies Joe Biden, you know what? The Democrats would have time to replace him on the ticket. 
Why is Steve Ducey being the one that has to bring this to everybody's attention? Why isn't the House Oversight Committee already three or four subpoenas deep to the Hunter Biden inner circle? Exactly. I mean, Don Jr. got subpoenaed and testified in front of a committee. What's what's the holdup here? Now, Comer did come out uh, this week and say, yes, the plan is to subpoena the Bidens. The Bidens will be here in front of this committee. But now that old Weiss uh, has been appointed special counsel of the Hunter Biden probe, um, uh, I don't know how soon that'll happen. What are you, you know? waiting for? What are you waiting for? Pass the subpoenas out now. Nige, it is a race weekend. It's not the race weekend, but it's a race weekend. Got a lot of action going on over at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And the IndyCar race is tomorrow. The NASCAR Big Series, the Cup race is Sunday. I'm I'm really upset that the the FOP National Convention isn't in town again. Remember remember when... The, all the police officers, all the FOPs from the entire country were in town, and they invited us to go on the bus and in the suite and the right. free beer, and, and that was an amazing time. What an awesome group of dudes, too. Yeah, like, that, was, that, was, that, that wasn't last year, was it? A couple years, years ago. A couple Man. years ago. Man. So in honor of uh, what we call Brickyard Weekend, to get everybody in the mood, here is great moments in NASCAR history. Oh. This is when Tony Stewart was a little upset at the way Joey Logano was racing him. What angered you at the end of the race? What did you take issue with? What the hell do you think I was mad about? Dumb little runs us clear down to the infield. He wants to about everybody else, and he's the one that drives like a little I'm going to bust his ass. <laughs> Great moments yeah! in NASCAR history. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! It is a Friday. Beautiful, warm weather. We got beer, sample Friday on the way. But before then, we've got some business to attend to. We need to check in with wheelin' dealin', hair sniffin', kiss stealin' Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Take a test where you're taking cocaine. Come on, man. You ain't black. So, hair sniffer McGee, his lawyers are in talks to be part of an interview with special counsel Robert Hur's investigation into the classified documents found at Joe Biden's residence. So, we've all heard about Donald Trump, right? The raid at Mar-a-Lago, going through Melania's panty drawer, yep. staging the photos, yep. all that stuff, the interviews, the indictments, it's all there. Well, finally, some action happening with Joe Biden. His lawyers are in talks to be interviewed by special counsel Robert Hur's team sure. in regards to the stuff left in the garage by the bitchin' Corvette. And uh, in other places as well. The, the Corvette, the garage, wasn't the only place he had those documents. The, um, the university, Chinatown, um, it's... it's Honestly, Joe Biden 
has done the exact same thing that Trump is being prosecuted for, and Joe Biden and the DOJ are actively trying to incarcerate a political opponent who's running against him for president. And Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Now, we could sit here and argue back and forth, did he declassify the information or not, but he was the president. Why was a longtime senator and the vice president having so many boxes of classified information and how careless it was for him to store it in that fashion? At least Trump had his stuff locked up in Mar-a-Lago, behind closed doors, some was in a safe. You could open up Biden's garage. Hunter would peel out of there in the Corvette on his way to make another shady business (laughs) deal with the Ukrainian businessmen. And it's right there. Boxes of classified information. We've also got action with Merrick Garland, the attorney general. He has appointed David Weiss as the special counsel in the criminal investigation of Hunter Biden. I'm here today to announce the appointment of David Weiss as a special counsel consistent with the Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. Consistent with every other sham that's going on with the Department of Justice. This investigation, by the way, Trump is the one that named this Weiss guy to his post as that top federal prosecutor in Delaware in 2018. They've been investigating, they've been doing this this stupid investigation since 23 years it's gone on and on. And finally, they got a plea deal. Finally, they've got a sweetheart plea deal. This Weiss guy is the same U.S. attorney that agreed to give Hunter the deal. No, no felonies, just misdemeanors for the tax fraud and diversion for the gun offense. And that deal fell apart. It was a huge embarrassment for the Department of Justice uh, be, because the prosecution and the defense tried to get over on the judge when she caught that clause that included the blanket immunity for future prosecutions which is ridiculous hey you know what we'll plead guilty to the uh, these misdemeanor tax fraud charges but we we want it written uh, in stone that uh, any future prosecutions he's immune hunter biden's immune to because you know he's gonna break the law <laughs> am i right huh 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 so uh, over and, the top and, and ridiculous and this is the same guy it's the same guy and and it's also to me give me the tinfoil hat because i i think it's a stall tactic this is this is they're starting fresh they're starting from the beginning i mean look a special counsel is supposed to be outside the government they come in they clean house they bring a new staff they take a look fresh look at the evidence and this isn't what this is and it's, it's, it's i think it's a stall tactic for uh you know until the 2024 election try to get joe across the finish line without an official indictment on hunter which ultimately could lead to him being in trouble uh we are checking in with joe biden and we've got a trade to announce nige we've got a trade the biden administration has announced there another merchant of death involved Well, the United States and Iran have made a prisoner swap. So the New York Times reports that prisoners will be allowed to return to the United States, five of them who were, quote, unjustly detained in Iran. Five Americans. Are coming home in exchange for the release of several Iranians currently jailed in the United States and... The United States will unfreeze 
$6 billion in Iranian assets oh. and put that in a bank in Qatar. Let's see here. So that's like what, uh, like $1.4 billion per hostage. That's the going rate. That's a big number for a hostage right there. And if we can see this, Nige, I can tell you the rest of the world can see how much we're paying for hostages. Yeah, the Iran. Yeah, that's there's two things. Iran's going to do it again now that they know the exchange rate. Right. And other hostile nations are going to see this. Uh, I'm glad Americans are coming home. I don't know the specific details of what these five Americans, who they are, what they were involved with. I'm glad they're coming home. But I really thought it was the policy of the United States not to negotiate with terrorists. Quite honestly, if I'm somewhere and I'm detained by a hostile nation, I'm praying they're negotiating for my return. But, but what did you do to get detained? Now, I don't, I don't know what the case was here, but $1.4 billion per hostage? If you're Kim Jong-un, if you're President Xi, if you're somebody from one of these other countries, and you see we're in the habit of passing yeah. out billion dollars per hostage... I mean, uh, Kim Jong-un has got a, uh, um, an American soldier in custody right now over there. Now, some say he defected. This was the guy, remember, the soldier that was being um, disciplined, flown back to the United States on some charges or something like that from Korea, and he crossed over and went to North Korea. I can promise you, whatever punishment was awaiting you here in America, uh, it's nothing compared to probably what he's going through now in North Korea. That's called not thinking that one through. (laughs) You look up the definition of not thinking one through, it's that guy. Um It's Friday, so I want to have a little fun here. So I want to play a round of Am I a Nerd? All right? Now, something happened on vacation that I thought was pretty cool. But my kids and my wife looked at me, and all of them called me a nerd because of this. So I want to find out what you think, and then we'll open up the phones. So I'm on my American Airlines flight, and we're taking off. We're going on vacation. You can get on Wi-Fi with American Airlines on the app. They have movies available. Top Gun was one of the movies. And I thought, all right. Cool. So I queued up the beginning right to uh, that kickoff of Highway to the Danger Zone. Yeah. And right when we got wheels up, I hit play. <laughs> so, so you were simultaneously listening to that as you were taking off. Right, right. The oh plane's going God. up. It's right at the very beginning. <laughs> you did this on purpose. And I was jacked up. I, look, I looked at Jacob, who I was sitting next to, my youngest, and I told him what I did, and he just looked at me like I was a goon. <laughs> and then when we landed, I had to tell somebody else. I thought that was incredibly cool. And they just looked at me and called me a nerd. <laughs> so the question is, am I a nerd? Two three nine. Let's open it up. Ninety three ninety three. Yes or no? You're not going to hurt my feelings either way, and you got to have a reason. I thought that was a strong move. If one of my free movies that I can watch is Top Gun, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to queue it up right to Highway <laughs> to the Danger Zone the minute the plane starts going airborne. I was fired up, man. I'm ready for vacation at that point. Two three nine ninety three ninety three. Am I a nerd? So the question is, am I a nerd? Because I queued up the movie Top Gun to this song, Highway to the Danger Zone, at the beginning of the movie. You hear it a couple times throughout the film. 
but I queued it up on my American Airlines flight. So as soon as the plane took off and we got wheels up, I had that song playing. So the question is, am I a nerd? 239-9393. Can I say, I, I will just go out on a limb and say it's kind of nerdish to me. Okay. That's my, that was my initial feeling, kind of skullmick, uh, you know, boogerish kind of. I never thought Booger was a nerd. I'm going to be honest right now. I would have loved to have hung out with that kind of Ooh. dude. Says filthy things. Is all about trying to see chicks naked. I'll always picking his nose. Yeah. Okay. You're Fair enough. Fair I enough. was a popular dude in high school, and he would have been my best friend. <laughs> so I do not buy the argument okay. Booger was a nerd. All right. Sorry to throw us off course there. All right. Greg, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Am I a nerd? Uh, uh, no. No, I don't think so, because... Anytime you take off on an airplane like that, uh, yeah, you're going into the danger zone. But uh, <laughs> your, but your son, your son, will always probably call you a nerd because he's your son. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. a good point. That's a great point. There's nothing I could do that would warrant Jacob actually looking at me with pride in his eyes. There's nothing I can do. Uh, Laura, oh, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Am I a nerd, Laura? Hey, Nigel, yes. The answer is absolutely yes. You are a nerd. Hammer. Because I would do the same daggone thing if given the opportunity. All right. Well, see, there we go. Nerds of a feather flying together. (laughs) I like it. Uh, Did you have any cocktails on the plane? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yes, yes. And then on the way home, our flight got delayed three different times. I didn't plan on drinking, but (laughs) they forced me into it. Were you on the plane when it got delayed, or were you stuck? Stuck waiting outside of gate d13 at the charlotte airport my friend oh i've been there yeah so yeah you go go to the bar doug welcome to the hammer and nigel show am i a nerd for syncing up highway to the danger zone to my flight taking off well let me answer your question with a question is kenny tarmac a nerd every time he calls somebody when he lands <laughs> of course he is but it's with with those kind of nerds that, that make america great so keep doing you shooter right on i feel like that's a man that could lead us into the next decade I, I, right I there i love the kenny tarmac reference as well rest in peace uh skip welcome to the hammer and nigel show am i a nerd for what i did on the plane no, you're not a nerd. You're a dad. Good for you. <laughs> That's what I see That's a lot a, on the YouTube chat. A total dad move. Strong dad move right Do there. Do your kids even know what Top Gun is? Did they see the, well, I mean, did they, have they seen the original? Did they see the updated version or the, so set, the both, sequel? Both have seen the original. Okay. Um, my oldest went with me to see the Maverick when sure. it came out. He loves them both. My youngest one. Eh. And the thing is, my young one is the one that wants to be a pilot. And he's the one that's the least impressed with everything. So, yeah, it's bizarre. But he's he's one of those guys that's never impressed with everything. He's 15 years old, and everything sucks to him all the time. I understand. Including me. Uh, Dave, (laughs) welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Am I a nerd? You are absolutely not a nerd. You're a dad. I'm with Skip. This is dad humor. It ranks right up there with all the training I've given my kids so that they understand what it means when I say they mostly come at night. Mostly. I got you. Thank you very much. 
for that. Took a very bizarre turn there at the end. I, I didn't I didn't understand that last one. I'll explain it to you, and I'll have a dad-like <laughs> talk with you when the segment's over. Um, Allison, am I a nerd? I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, uh, I, I think so, but I think you should be proud of it. <laughs> I think so, yes. I, 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 yeah. Um, the th- it's little things in life, you know, that give us joy. And uh, it would give me great joy just to see you get so excited. Because you're so excited even just talking about it, so I can't imagine. I mean, I really <laughs> thought we'd hit the jackpot when I looked at the free movies that are available on the American oh, yeah. Airlines, you know, Wi-Fi app, and it was Top Gun. It's like, all right, well, this is going to be just enough time for me to watch it, you know, after my, you know, layover and landing. I can watch the whole movie. I'm to the point where I love kind of embarrassing my kids whenever I can and acting. I'll give you the perfect example. Last night, we got back uh, from my daughter's softball practice, and we were in separate cars. And we went to Zionsville Pizzeria, and we were pulling out. And but But my wife and Harper stayed behind to pay the bill. Connor wanted to get the F out of there like he always does wants to leave early so right. we leave so but but we pass by i roll down the windows turn up the music as loud as possible honking <laughs> my horn bye Lindsay, bye harper i love you daddy loves you there is another family out on the patio because we were sitting out on the patio in front of uh, the pizzeria right, right we were sitting right. outside there's another just laying on the horn and my son was sunk down ne- into the seat <laughs> and my daughter was on the sidewalk with my wife and my even my wife was looking at me like what's wrong with you <laughs> so that's the point in my life i'm in, kind of enjoying embarrassing my kids like do you take them to school or does somebody else take them to school we take them to school i think you should do the billy madison tribute next time connor's with you pull no, up no. with like stroke me stroke me coming out of the corvette <laughs> get out with the jean jacket and the ario speedwagon t-shirt yeah he like if i do anything that like i have to be silent when i drop him <laughs> off he gets pissed if i turn the music on or i'm listening to this station right or i honk at him a little bit like i drop him off in a honk like in the drive through lane you know what i mean I give him the full lane. billy madison in oh, high school he's so treatment. mad. He gets so, <laughs> so mad. Full dad mode for sure. Dan, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Am I a nerd? Hey, Hammer. Definitely not a nerd. But way to go. I think your adrenaline started pumping in that airplane. I did, man. Pop, it pop. did. I thought we had some MIGs in our tail. I was ready to go. I was ready to go inverted <laughs> and give somebody the finger. <laughs> Kevin, welcome uh, to the Hammer and Nigel show, Kevin. Am I a nerd? Not a nerd. I'd have been doing that right next to you if I'd been on that plane. <laughs> High fiving each other. Right. Now that you gotta you gotta share carefully with you know with whom you're gonna pick carefully whom you're gonna share that with. Because yeah, my kids would think I'm a nerd if I'm playing prog rock in the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's Listening true. to Rush. Yeah. Yeah. My wife listens to uh when it's not obviously WIBC, she enjoys the yacht rock. Oh, and yeah. I got to be honest, man, I'm not a Yacht Rock guy, but she'll name every song and just, it's like she's on a damn sailboat all the time. <laughs> I don't, I, don't I, I can't stand, uh, like, my daughter gets in the car, it's uh, 99 and a half. I can't, the kitty station. Oh. It's all that kids music and stuff. They she would have loved me back when I worked there. I would have been Probably. her favorite DJ. Yeah, but <laughs> oh my gosh, I just can't stand it. It's awful, awful. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. We'll go straight to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Breitbart News Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle. Matt, how are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing excellent. Just got done watching your uh, sit-down interview with Donald Trump. You covered a variety of topics. I will say, as a side note, it made me laugh out loud when you asked him what he thought about Mitt Romney. He just looked at you and goes, well, he's a loser. <laughs> I, that's just, it was just, just, just pure Trump. Um, one of the things that fascinated me about that interview, and maybe you can expand on it a little bit, um, is his willingness to debate um i'm just reading a headline now trump won't sign the rnc loyalty pledge which right. could be a problem that's one of the things you have to sign if you want to get me get on these debates where was trump what, what, what you're feeling on trump's mood about participating in these upcoming debates on fox news yeah, it sounds to me like so. The, since this interview, we taped this interview on July 27th. So, um, since that interview, he's done. He's gone further. He's come out and said that he won't sign the RNC pledge, at least not now, um, which is one of the prerequisites for getting on the debate stage. He met and far exceeded beyond any other candidate all the other prerequisites. So, it's Trump's choice whether or not he wants to go through with it. But um, during our interview, I asked him about the whether or not he wants to go on the debate stage. And he talks about how, you know, he probably wouldn't be where he is today if it wasn't for the debates in 2015, 2016, both in the primary and the general. Uh, he understands that he uh, had a lot of great moments on the debate stage with uh, in, in the Republican primary. If you remember, only Rosie O'Donnell and then the later with Hillary yeah. uh, because he'd be in jail. But the yep. point is that uh, he also understands that he's significantly leading the Republican primary. So why would he give any of these people that are trailing him big time and are de- uh, on the current trajectory destined to lose, like Governor DeSantis or Governor Christie or, uh, you know, uh, any of the other ones on the stage, uh, a shot at him. And so when he said that, uh, he also said that the people on the stage would be hostile people and that Fox News is a hostile network. Those are his words, mm-hmm. not mine. Um, so he understands that Fox News is out to get him and desperately trying to promote the failing DeSantis campaign. So um, I don't think he wants to elevate the platform any further beyond what it is. And, and also, he understands that his presence would drive ratings through the roof. So why help Fox News, which he considers a hostile network because of its DeSantis promotion? Uh, it's getting absurd at this point, right? Like, I mean, every day, every day on every uh, uh, segment of Fox News, it's like they're promoting the DeSantis campaign. DeSantis has dropped so low in the polls now, he does not warrant daily coverage, right? Like, he, he is, yeah. he's as low as Chris Christie. In several places, um, uh, you know, I mean, look, you cover him when he's newsworthy. You don't get me wrong, right? Like, he does something actually newsworthy, but he right. doesn't want the breathless coverage that Fox News, a hostile network to President Trump, is is giving him. So President Trump understands that, and I think that uh, that that it's probably likely that he doesn't go to the debate. But he said he'll make a decision next week in an interview this week with Eric Bowling um, at Newsmax. Matt, you've obviously sat down with the guy. You've covered him the last number of years. I still feel like, even if it's right before go time, 
Donald Trump's ego, he wants to be there. I don't think he wants to just sit back and let people take shots at him and not be able to be there to respond. I think that's kind of who he is. Do you get that feeling, or do you think he's going to sit this thing out? I think he's going to probably end up sitting it out. There's a lot of special interests that are definitely lobbying him, right? Like Fox sent two top executives to go have dinner with him after our interview. Really? Um, yeah, they they sent their top people over to go meet with him and have dinner with him at Bedminster and try to convince him to go. I think the Republican National Committee, the RNC in Washington, they're desperately trying to get Trump to go. But I, I think that Trump is going to make the right call in the end here, which is that he's not going to go, and uh, he's going to see how this one shakes out. And look, there's enough other people on the stage who will probably defend him. And if anybody tries to take a serious shot at Trump that doesn't make any sense, that isn't legitimate, then uh, it's not going to end well for that. I mean, let's put it this way. If Ron DeSantis gets on that stage and just tries to excoriate Trump the whole night, the audience out there are Trump voters. If Trump is the, uh, the former president, all these people that are watching this and voting in this primary have voted for Trump in the past, uh, probably in 2016 and definitely in 2020. And the fact is, is that uh, uh, attacking Trump is not a way to win the Republican nomination, win those voters who are skeptical of these other people over. And and you're seeing that continue with the, the crash of the DeSantis campaign, right? Like, I mean, look, they had to lay off 40 people or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and now, uh, you know, their fundraising is drying up. They're, they're, uh, they they had overinflated the money that when they reported it to the FEC the first time around, and now it's come out that they don't have as much. So what you're seeing here, I think is is that the strategy of these political consultants and the consultant class, these globalist type people, uh, desperately trying to stop Trump, uh, it's not working, right? Like, so what they the, the guy who's doing the best out there is Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah. and Vivek is running like the most pro-Trump campaign there is, right? Like, <laughs> harder core Trump than Trump, right? Like, and so like this DeSantis experiment isn't working out so well. The Christie thing is not working out so well, and then some of these other folks who are doing pretty well, like like Tim Scott and Nikki Haley. Um, uh, Tim Scott's on the rise in Iowa. Nikki Haley's on the rise in South Carolina. There's polling in uh, South Carolina that shows Nikki in second now. DeSantis has dropped a third. But, uh, what are they doing? They're focusing on the issues, right? Like So that's what people want. They want people that are going to focus on the issues and solve the problems. They don't want people that are thrown in with special counsel Jack Smith, like what you're seeing in the Biden deranged Justice Department, like you're seeing from Christie and DeSantis. Yeah, like, you, and were, so you were I interviewing... You were interviewing Donald Trump when those new charges were added to one of those indictments. That was like breaking yes. news kind of while you were interviewing him, right? Minutes before, it happened minutes before wow. the interview. Minutes before the interview. We had no idea what was going to happen. Look, when I do these long-form interviews on video, I've done them with a number of different politicians. The first time I've done this kind of a thing with Trump, I've done plenty of interviews with Trump over the years. But first time we've done like the long-form on-camera thing, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. I have a big binder full of questions that I've spent weeks and months preparing, right? We've been talking to them for, for a long time. I talk to all sorts of different people before I do an interview like this. And I've, uh, you know, they're all typed out and they're in this like nice binder and you could probably see it in some of the shots, right? Like you see the binder I'm holding there. And I bet you it's don't a, get to and, half of those questions. Right. But I don't get to half of them. But the, but the thing is, it was like when the charges were added, I had to grab a pen from one of our producers in the room and hand write in 
a whole bunch of questions about the special counsel and stuff uh, and, and that was happening because that was happening in the moment. And it's like you can't interview the guy right after that happens and not ask about it, right? Like, so there was a lot of news that was happening that week, um, and it it, it, uh, it, it it was pretty wild to have to do that in the moment. But it, was, it also broke a lot of news. And look, uh, you know, to their credit, a lot of people across the establishment media from CNN to MSNBC even carried the parts of the interview. So good for them. I appreciate it. And so. and to, to in another point, Matt, we're speaking with uh, Breitbart Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle. I, I mean, it seems like the more indictments, the better for Donald Trump. I mean, I, I think it's a oh, disgrace. Absolutely. I think I, 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 I hate just what's going on with him right now in this country. It's an absolute weaponization of the justice system. It's it's absolutely uh, election interference. But his poll numbers keep going through the roof um, the more these indictments come through. Yeah, the, this is a political winner for Trump. And if you look at what they just did today in the Justice Department in, in Delaware, they just made De, De Weiss, the, the U.S. attorney there, uh, now he's the special counsel on the Biden case and whatnot. And and so ultimately, what you've got here is is uh, uh, the, the, the two-tier system of justice couldn't be starker and clearer and more vivid to the average American out there. If you are a Democrat, if you are a Biden family member, if you are connected to the Bidens and the Democrats— you get off scot-free. I mean, they're literally engaged in the biggest cover-up in history right now about the Biden family, the most corrupt president in American history. That's what President Trump told me about President Biden, most corrupt president in American history. Uh, they're, they're covering it all up. They're engaged in that right now. The, 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 the other big story that had been right before this interview was they were um, – uh, doing this, uh, pl- uh, the plea deal with Hunter Biden just blew up, and now apparently, they, because they can't get it resolved, now it's apparently headed to trial, and now they're making Weiss the, you know, the the, the Almighty Father, the son, the son of the Father, the Son, the Holy yep. Spirit. You are now a special <laughs> counsel, sir, right? Like, so he can go clean the whole thing up for the Joe for the Biden family in Delaware, right? Like, so th- this whole thing is corrupt as can be. Nobody can be trusted, and the only way to rectify this two tier system of justice is one way. It's elect Donald Trump again in November 2024. That's it. If that doesn't happen, we will not have an equal system of justice in America anymore. Matt, there's something about the Democrats, and it kills me to say this. Trust me, it does. I almost have to tip my hat to them, because they stick together. When they want to impeach Donald Trump, I'll be damned. They went through. They did their part. Now you've got all of this stuff going on with the Biden crime family, all roads leading through Hunter, ultimately to the big guy, and then make Weiss the same loser who had such a bad plea deal, the judge threw it out the first time, he gets these special powers, and there's nothing people can do about it. They're doing this right in front of your face, and this is why I almost have to tip my hat to them. I wish the Republican Party would be this united when it comes to things like this. Yeah, that's one of the things that President Trump said. I asked him about this. I asked him, what do you think about the fact that with all of this stuff, with the corruption and the personal problems with Joe Biden, right? Like, I mean, the guy can't even string a sentence together anymore. Uh, and he keeps falling down every time, you know, he, he, he jokes about it and says he was sandbagged. But, I mean, it's serious, right? Like, there's real problems with him. Why is Liz Warren, Bernie Sanders, Gavin Newsom not running against him, et cetera? Uh, the Democrats fall in line and the Republicans don't. And President Trump was saying the Republicans need to learn from this. But the 
corruption we're seeing on the other side. I mean, it's like straight out of Boardwalk Empire or something. Right. right? It's like Nucky right. Thompson calling his buddy the attorney general and, <laughs> and moving the case over there to make sure that, uh, oh, yeah, we're not going to have a real prosecution. <laughs> this one, right? Like, we're going to stick the kid, the kid in the back room with it, you know, make sure he's well taken care of and uh, look the other way, right? But David Weiss is not going to do anything to the Biden family. We all know this, right? right? Like, it's, it's a, it, the only way to rectify this system is through the last line of defense for American democracy, for freedom, for justice, the American way, is the ballot box. That is the last line of defense, and the American people have to speak loudly and clearly next year. We've got to leave it right there with Matt Boyle. I encourage everybody to go to Breitbart and watch his uh, long-form interview with Donald Trump. Great job. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. One of the best. Washington Bureau Chief from Breitbart, Matt Boyle. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Yep, thanks, guys. Brown growler. <laughs> Look at that. We're brought to you by Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. I love it when they bring us by some growlers. This is from uh, Five Arch Brewing in Centerville, Indiana. I believe it's Wayne County. That's eastern uh, Indiana. I love um, when they bring us these big jugs of happy. That's what I call it, a big jug of happy. Okay, so we're going to open it here. This is uh, a New England IPA, basically a Juicy IPA, pineapple, mango, orange, maybe taste of lemon in there. I'm going to pour you. I've been drinking a lot of fruit with alcohol all week long, so here we go. Man, this smells great. Cheers. Cheers to the weekend, everyone. Big weekend. Race weekend. Oh, that's delicious. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I know you're not a big IPA guy either. But, but this one doesn't have like that. If you're not into IPAs, this one isn't like a bitter aftertaste. Like, over, like overly hoppy. Right, right. Um, this is really good. The thing I love about Five Arch Brewing, their story is kind of redeeming. They opened for two months in 2020 during COVID before all the unscientific lockdowns shut them down, right? Right. They somehow made it through the storm, and they are still going strong there in uh, Centerville. So thank you, uh, Five Arch Brewing. This is... Oh, Oh, uh, the name of this IPA is called Onus. 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 So I'm going to drink it, and we got a big weekend, man. We got yeah. races over at the Speedway, Colts in action tomorrow. Oh, that's right. So raise up a glass wherever you're at. It's been a long week. Beer sample Friday. It's the weekend. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show.